KSTL 690, East St. Louis, St. Louis. This is Pocket Watching with JT, the call-in financial talk show focused on helping you get your money right. Jason Thornton is a certified financial planner licensed in both tax and investments. Now, this is not personal financial advice. This is JT's real reaction to all your money and business questions. Are you deep in debt, living paycheck to paycheck, and looking for a way out? Call Pocket Watching with JT, the financial advisor for the people. Need more? Book your personal consultation with my man JT at pocketwatcher.net. Now, let's go pocket watching. Hey, St. Louis, this is Pocket Watching with JT, your certified financial planner here on the radio and also live streaming on YouTube. So people do me a favor. Give me a call. 314-969-6900. That's 314-969-6900. I am here to answer your money questions. If you got questions about your personal finances, you got questions about business stuff, give me a call. That's what this show is all about. Now, listen, there are a few people who, of course, they went to my website. That is pocketwatcher.net. That's www.pocketwatcher.net. And they click the Ask JT button. So they got their questions in a little early. But please make sure, don't wait till the last minute. I don't want a bunch of calls with 15 or 20 minutes left in the show. Go ahead. If you've got a question, go ahead and grab that phone and dial this phone number 314 314- 969-6900. That's 314-969-6900. Well, happy Juneteenth. What's going on? I, you know, a lot of things. It was Father's Day, Juneteenth. Everybody's celebrating. And while you're in the celebrating mood, I want to make sure that you understand that this could be the day. This could be the moment that you make a decision to change your financial life. No matter what happened in the past. Right. No matter what obstacles you feel are in your path to reaching financial freedom, you can make the decision right here, right now to stop living paycheck to paycheck. You can make the decision right here, right now to stop living neck deep in debt. Okay, you can in just a few steps make a change in your life, but it's not going to be overnight. You did not get into debt overnight and you will not get out of debt overnight, but you need to make a plan. That's what we're here for. Pocket watching with JT. We want to make sure that you are equipped with the right tools and the weaponry that you need to fight off all of the foolishness in this world. that keeps you broke. So here we go. Let me answer one of these questions that someone went to my website. That is pocketwatcher.net. They click the Ask JT button and here they are. So I've got China. China, thank you for writing in. China asks, do you think it makes sense for partners to combine incomes and expenses if they live together or should they wait until they are married? Here we go. All right. So, all right. I am not a big fan of boyfriend and girlfriends combining their income and combining their expenses because what could happen 
if you end up in a situation where you break up, you then have to separate the incomes. You then have to separate the expenses. So if your boyfriend is has a direct debit on one of your bank accounts for his car note or for whatever, and y'all break up and you don't immediately realize what's going on, you might have a few months where you're paying the expenses of a person you no longer are even on speaking terms with. Okay, so really that situation, combining incomes, combining expenses and doing things like that, that is for married people. That is what you should do if you are married. Then you're in it. You're locked in. And it's something that you have to do. So I would say wait. But we got some callers. So I want to make sure we get the callers in. Callers always get priority. So let me get a caller on the phone. All right, caller, you are live on the air with Pocket Watching with JT. How can I help you? Hi, JT. I have a question about um, life insurance. Mm -hmm. I am um, I'm single with no dependents. Um, I have no debt and I have, uh, you know, I have a fairly sizable, I guess, net worth or assets. Mm -hmm. Should I consider life insurance? And if so, what are some of the benefits? Great question. Great question. Okay. So l l let's just readdress what you just said. So, so you, you're single. You don't have any dependents. There's nobody out here who is depending on your income. You have a pretty good net worth. So if there was something that needs to happen, I mean, you can liquidate certain assets to be able to get access to funds. So my question is, why in the world would you need life insurance? Because here's my issue. Hopefully you don't have someone in your life who was pushing and saying that you should buy life insurance because at the end of the day, life insurance should be a income replacement tool. Understand how life insurance works, okay? Insurance in general is a shifting of risk, okay? What am I talking about? The reason why we buy insurance is because we do not want risk on our books, meaning if something was to happen, we do not want to have to pay out of pocket for whatever misfortune would happen. When we're talking about life insurance, it is supposed to replace the income of the person who's being insured, replace their income for the people who depends on your money. So if you were married, if you had some kids or something like that, that depend on your income, if you were God you know, God forbid, if you were to die an untimely death, the life insurance would kick in. And then monetarily, you would be replacing yourself with that life insurance for the next 10 to 15 years. We normally say get life insurance policy that would equal around 10 times your annual income. But there's no one who depends on your income. If no one's depending on your income, what is the need of life insurance in your particular situation? I had, I mean, that is exactly my mindset. Mm -hmm. However, I have some pretty uh, knowledgeable coworkers that were educating me about my company's 401k advantages mm -hmm. and other HHS advantages. And one of the benefits was uh, life insurance. Um, and exactly the points that you made were more tailored to my lifestyle and my life. Mm -hmm. That's why I was kind of neglecting it or not actually taking up on that offer. Right. But um, I definitely agree with you. It's just, that was just something maybe 
I was overlooking or might not be really considering the true value of. No, no. I mean, if only if someone was depending on your income, my advice to you is the money that you would be using for that insurance. Now, is the insurance 100% paid by your employer or would you have to kick in? It would be significantly covered by the employer. However, I would have to contribute. Um, uh, I would have to go to the, but it's a minimal amount. It's a minimal, and it's a lot more favorable compared to the private or you know, it, yeah, just it on the, the general market. market. Well, I mean, if it if it's that cheap. And if for whatever reason, I mean, let's say you're a charitable person, right? Okay, there's no one who depends on your income, okay? We've already established that. There's no one depending on your income, but I have to believe that there's some kind of cause or something that you believe in that you support. Okay, so if it's very cheap, very minimum of amount of money that you got to put in and the payout would be somewhat significant. I mean, normally policies like that are around like $50,000 or something like that. If you wanted to name a charitable organ, a charitable organization, a church, a nonprofit or something as a beneficiary of it, or maybe there's a family member out there who they don't depend on your income, but you know, they may need a little help. Right. You know, if you want to take that check because you've already covered all your other bases now, you already have an emergency fund that's three to six months. Well, you should be six months because you're single income. You've got a emergency savings fund. You're already invested in your retirement fund. You have covered all the bases that you need. If you want to say because this is such a minimal amount of money that you would have to contribute and you probably got a policy around fifty thousand dollars. If you want to go ahead and just put that policy that would be, you know, a part of your will and then within your will say, hey, I want this money to go to this person, that person or this organization. Okay. But understand that that's for them. It's it's no benefit to you whatsoever. Right. It's not it's not as if it's going to help you, but it's something that could be a part of an ongoing legacy because it's so cheap and you're getting so much. But it's not something that I would say is required. It's not something that you're missing out on. It could be a blessing to someone else, maybe, possibly. But honestly, because of all the assets and the stuff that you already have, if you were to pass, you still would, you know, have a will. Those assets would be a part of the will and you can still have those assets distributed to the nonprofit organization, your church, that family member who doesn't depend on your income, but it would be a blessing to them to be able to receive these funds if you were to pass untimely. So, I mean, it's not something I would do, but that's the only situation where I, where I would consider getting life insurance when there's no one that is depending on my income. Does that make sense? Thank you, JT. Oh, yeah, absolutely. that makes a hundred percent sense. And I, I actually agree with you. And that was my mindset. Yeah. But, I mean, um, thank you for your perspective. And I'm a, I'm a proud pocket watcher. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. All right. So I, I am going to move on to another question that I have online. Make sure you call in 314-969-6900. That's 314-969-6900. Okay. So I've got a caller from Frank. Here we go. Frank says, hey, JT, my friend said I can make a lot of money in the luxury car rental business. Okay. All right. In the luxury car rental business. He said that I could buy a Lamborghini for around $200,000. 
the payments on this Lamborghini would be about $3,500 a month. But here's the part that he wants me to pay attention to. He said that the going rate to rent a Lamborghini for the day is around $1,500 to $2,000 a day. What do you think? <laughs> okay, Frank. All right, all right. Let's 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 cover a couple of topics. Maybe some things that your friend is not mentioning, right? I, I've got a strong feeling that your friend may be talking about something that he's not doing. Because let's let's take a look at this thing. All right. So a Lamborghini, you say, is going to be around two hundred thousand dollars. All right, great. And your payment's going to be thirty five hundred dollars a month. Well, that's just the payments on the car. You know, there's other parts of owning a car and renting that car out. There's other costs associated with it, right? Let's talk about just for a moment, the insurance, okay? The insurance on a Lamborghini is not the same type of insurance that you would get on your personal Honda Civic, okay? The, the $125 or whatever you're paying a month on your Honda Civic, is not the type of insurance that you would have to pay on a luxury vehicle. And it's not even the luxury vehicle that you will be driving. It's a luxury vehicle that you will be renting out to other people. Now, here's my question. Who rents Lamborghinis? People who rent Lamborghinis are people who want to live the Lamborghini lifestyle, but they don't have the Lamborghini money. Well, then it would lend me to think that they may be a little reckless in your car. Let, let, let's just think about this for a second. A person who wants to go out and rent a Lamborghini clearly does not own a Lamborghini. And the reason why they don't own a Lamborghini is probably because they don't have the money to own a Lamborghini. Okay, great. Now, when they get in that car, they are going to live out their Lamborghini lifestyle in dreams in a car that you are responsible for, and you are responsible for the debt of this vehicle. So the, the, the probability of this person probably getting into some sort of accident or something like that is probably extremely high. There's a difference between driving a, riding a bicycle and riding a motorcycle. This person has no experience behind such a powerful car, right? Then let's just think about the environment that we, we're in right now economically. Let's just think about this. We are headed into a recession, okay? I don't know about you, but the typical person that's probably used to renting a Lamborghini on, you know, like a holiday weekend or they go down to Vegas or Miami or wherever the Lamborghinis are going to be popping up, okay? That person who used to splurge and maybe they'll pay 15 to $2,000 for a day with this rented Lamborghini. Where are all these people going to be during the recession? I bet they're not renting Lamborghinis. They're probably not also renting the Airbnbs that they used to fake like it was their actual homes. That money, scammer money, dries up during a recession. But what's going to happen to you? You are still going to be on the hook for the $3,500 a month. And that's just the note on the car. There's other parts of being a business owner, even in the luxury rental car business. There's other things that you have to be aware of. Where is this car going to be stored at? Have you thought about that? It's not going to be in your garage. 
How would people have access to rent your car? So now you're going to be in a situation where you're paying storage fees. You're paying someone to help manage the business to get the keys. All of these things, all of this overhead costs exist no matter if someone is renting the car or they're not renting the car. You're going to have to pay out. There is so much repairs on the car. There's so many things that you would have to cover for. I'm telling you, it's not going to end out in the perfect scenario that your so-called friend is telling you about. Please do not get mixed up and deceived by these, you know, basically these scammers online who tell you about how easy this this rental car business is, how easy this Airbnb business is, and how e if it was that easy, why don't they just do it and make money doing it? Why do they need to sell you the business opportunity? Has anyone ever took a second to think about this? If these business in a box because that's basically what these online gurus are selling. They're selling you a easy, no way you can fail, business in a box, Amazon FBA. You Oh, I, I can just sell you an Amazon store. You'll make $5,000 a month on the Amazon store that only costs you $15,000. Oh, sure. Okay, great. If it was that good, if it was that easy, if it was that profitable, why are you selling it to me? Just think about this, people. It makes no logical sense for someone to sell you something that supposedly, the way they say it, it has all this value, and they're selling it to you for a fraction of the price. The reality is most of these guys who are selling you on these, these prosperity business opportunities they don't make their money doing those things. This guy, Frank, your, your friend who is talking about buying this you know, luxury car for this luxury car rental business, he probably does not make money in the luxury car industry. He probably makes his money selling courses about the luxury car industry. Because if he really did make his money doing it, he wouldn't have time to try to sell you on it. Just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's common sense, but I understand that when someone starts to throw numbers at you, listen, when people start to throw numbers at you and they tell you about all this potential money that you could be making, for some reason, the average person, they don't see the red flags. Okay. They don't, they don't see the red flags. And you get you you get wrapped up in your mind and you already start imagining all the new things that you can do in your life with the money that's coming. Money you haven't seen dollar one yet. No no money has come in yet. But because this charismatic person is talking to you and, and they look good, they, they they got the right suit on and they got the right watch on, and and in their video they have a Lamborghini behind them and they're telling you about all the money that they made doing it and all the money that you can make doing it, and, and you get so emotionally tied into wanting that lifestyle that you don't see the red flags. You don't see how it does not make business sense for someone who has a profitable business model to then turn around and create competition for themselves 
by selling you the same business that they do. Most of these fake gurus online, they make their money selling hope. They do not make money actually doing the thing that they're advising you to do. So, Frank, please, for the love of God, do not destroy your financial life by buying, not even buying, you're financing, because you clearly can't buy this Lamborghini outright. You're going to attempt to finance a $200,000 vehicle that you've never even, you don't even know, because you don't currently have a Lamborghini. You don't know the, the Lamborghini upkeep and maintenance problems that you're going to have. You're going to bring that into your life, and it's probably going to be a money pit. Do not do it. No. There's a no going that. Don't do that. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's crazy. Give me a call, 314-969-6900. It's 314-969-6900. Give me a call. I will do the best I can to answer your money questions, give you a recommendation. Based on my years of experience, I am a certified financial planner. But here, let me read another one that someone submitted. I got a question from James. All right, here we go, James. James says, uh, hey, JT, I'm thinking about getting into the real estate business, okay? I was told by a mentor to take out money from my home, to refinance my home, and pull out about $85,000 of equity from my home and use it to invest in real estate. Oh my God, James, don't do it. James, let me stop you before you ruin your life. Listen, you are not a real estate expert. Clearly, clearly you're not a real estate expert. You, you don't do this every day, James. You're, you're, you're a novice. You're someone who's thinking about getting into the real estate industry. Great. There's a few factors that I need to make you aware of before you jump off the ledge. Okay. Factor number one, James, we are entering into a very shaky real estate market. Okay. That's number one. We're entering into a very shaky real estate market. We are entering into an uh, environment where interest rates are rising, meaning the cost to borrow money is more expensive now than it has been in the past. Okay. Lastly, you are taking on more debt. Okay. Apparently, you have $85,000 worth of equity in your personal home. Okay. Great. If you were to refinance and pull the money out, there's two things that I, that's going on right now. I want you to be, you know, very clear on what's going on. Point number one, you are going to be paying more, most likely. I mean, just the, the odds are the interest rate that you would be getting on this refinance is going to be higher than the interest rate that you currently have. Right. I don't have the numbers in front of me because you didn't tell me what your interest rate is. But if I had to bet money, right, if I had to bet money, you most likely have a lower interest rate locked in now than you would if you were to refinance. So now you're going to have a higher cost of interest on your personal home. OK, that's one. Number two is, well, now you're losing the equity. You're pulling out $85,000 from your personal home. 
That means you're adding all the work that you did to build up that, that equity. Now, there's a difference between appreciation, meaning the home appreciated in value, and the amount of principal that you were able to pay down based on your monthly mortgage payments. You put those two things together, you're losing it. You're throwing it away. You're now going to owe more on your personal home to try to fund a business venture that you have absolutely no experience in. Meaning if it's going to fail, right? If it fails, this new real estate business venture that you're going for, not only does the business fail, but you potentially can also lose your personal home. I know there's people out there who believe that, you know, leveraging your equity and property and stuff, that's it's, it's the greatest thing to build wealth, right? There's people who will say, take out all the loans that you can because you're, you're betting on yourself. Listen, people who say this don't know the numbers, okay? Debt is an addictive drug for most people. Let me explain myself. The average person cannot properly manage debt. It's attractive the way that the debt pushers put it out into the world. The same way that there's people who sell drugs try to put that info out into the world. Oh, man. Well, listen, you should leverage your home. You built up $85,000 worth of equity. What's that money doing? The money's not doing you any good sitting in your home. Pull that money out and you can invest in this and you can invest in that. It sounds good. But the numbers show that the average person that's pulling out the money from their home actually ends up in a position where they get foreclosed on. Do they talk about that? Do they talk about the foreclosure rate? Do they talk about all the different costs that are associated with getting the refinance uh, a note, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. Worst case scenario, you're in a position where you lose your home. So we're not in a position to do that. So, so James, just, just stay away from that. All right, let me go to the lines, get someone over here. So, hey, how you doing? You are live on the air with Pocket Watching with JT. How can I help you? Okay, hi. So this is banking on another situation that I have. Mm -hmm. So I have one house, and I'm not touching my house that's mortgaged, um, and it has over 100000 in equity. I live in the DMV area, um, and my interest rate is like two, it's 285 now. Um, so I was able to get in before everything, you know, so I'm not touching that interest, um, equity or anything. Okay. But I have another property that um, that is completely mine no mortgage or anything like that mm -hmm. but um i want to do repairs and upgrades on that property because i want to use it for a vacation rental okay so i am but now the market is being where it is so it's like this project that i have on my plate is like because the house is just sitting there at this point in time. My, my, my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. She's no longer in the house. So um, I'm paying taxes, paying all the necessary things to keep, you know, the county and the, the city that, it, that it's in right. um, from doing what they do if you don't pay these things. Right, of course. But um, now I'm like, 
I don't know what because I don't want to do consumer debt because I, I, I don't owe anything on that. So I don't want to take the equity out of it. Right. Um, so now I'm thinking, should I, I'm thinking about just pretty much just bootstrapping it and just paying it myself. I did start buying materials um, to, to do the upgrade that I want to do to make it a uh, vacation rental. So, um, so I'm guessing you talking, listening to you just now, you kind of like talked me through what not to do. Right. So it's like, well, I wanted to initially get a, um, uh, equity loan on that house. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've done the numbers and even on the low end of vacation rental, um, I will be able to pay that back. But now the market has shifted. So right. I'm just like, so, so um, here's, here's my thoughts. Yeah, here's my thoughts. Okay. So you have this other home. We're not talking about your personal home. You have your personal home. You're, you're locked in at a much lower rate than you could ever get in the market right now. So you're good. You're not touching that. We're talking about another home that you have access to. It sounds like the home used to be your mother used to stay in that home. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And that house is completely paid off. No, no mortgage whatsoever. Exactly. Okay. Now, is it in such a condition where you couldn't get a renter in there now? Does it, it requires a, a substantial amount of repairs before you can get a renter in there? You know, no. I think um, it's just the you know when you see the you see the host on the different um, sites that do vacation rentals. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring it into alignment to where I can get top dollar. Ah, okay. okay. So it's a personal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I, I, hey, I think we're on the same page. So, so right, here so we go. Drop ceilings. I mean, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But here, here we go. Here's, here's some of the tough talk that I got to give you right now. Okay. Okay. I know where you want to go with this property. Okay. I know where you want to go with the property, but you're not there now. Okay. okay. My suggestion would be to get a renter in there. In a a shorter term lease, the lease don't have to be five years, six year lease. Something crazy. It, it could be you know one year, two year lease. Start cash flowing, right? Because you the only okay. thing you're paying for this property is the uh, the annual taxes on the property, probably insurance and maintenance, right? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about you leverage the fact that you have a mortgage free property that you could get a renter in there and start positively cash flowing. Over a year or two, the money right now, you're not dependent on this money, right? Because you all, yeah. I mean, you've uh, clearly you have a you've got a day job that's taking care of your bills. OK, so this new money that would be coming in from the rental property is the money that you're putting up off to the side so that you can then start to slowly make the upgrades to the property so you can demand more in rent. In about a year or two, hopefully the market makes more sense and labor shortages is, is, is better and it doesn't cost you as much to actually get the work done. But it's all okay. about perspective and timing. OK, I say this all the time. I will be I'll be 39 in a couple of weeks. OK, I am still learning the lesson of patience. 
Okay, that I have so many ideas, so many business ideas, things that I want to get done. I, I consider myself somewhat successful now with all the things that I've accomplished, but there's so much more that I want to do. But time does not move based on my emotion. And if I start to force things because it's not happening on the time frame that I think it should, yeah. I'm going to push myself and be in the wrong place at the wrong time, taking the wrong deal because of my emotion. You are in a business now. You are in the rental property business. And because of that, you have to think like a business owner. Time is on your side. You have the leverage. You don't owe anybody any money. You can get a renter in this property and start positively cash flowing month number one. Take that money, everything other than what you have to put off to the side for the taxes, the insurance, and the annual uh, property management stuff that you have to do. But every dollar over that is you, you put it into what we would refer to in accounting, a sinking fund. Sinking fund basically means you know a dollar amount that you have to save up to, and that money just goes into the highest yielding uh, interest account that you can, and you just put that money in there until you get to your goal. And then when you get to the goal, you use it for whatever purpose that you were saving up for. You need to save up for the repairs and the things that you want so that you can get more rental income out of that home. Don't go in the debt. It's like, it's like you just escaped from the plantation. All right, it's Juneteenth. Let's 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 bring it down. I gotta I gotta break it all the way down to Juneteenth terms. Okay. Oh You just got free from the plantation. You just ran away. You free, and now you're looking for ways to get back on the plantation. That's what debt is. Debt is slavery. Right. When you take a look at the way that the word of God even takes a look at what debt is, the borrower is the slave to the person that they are in debt to. You escaped slavery and you're now you're trying to get back. Why? Not because you have to. It's because you want the property to be at a, per, you know, a particular yep. space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get there in the long yep. term, maybe yep. about three to four or five years, but you want to get there now. So what are you trying? What would you ultimately be sacrificing your freedom because you would be in debt when you don't need to be in debt? Does that make I, sense? I appreciate and you, you, you are hitting it right on. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I had to talk it out. So yes. I appreciate you doing that. And the previous uh, statements that you were saying, that what led me to call. I'm like, this is exactly where I am right now mm -hmm. um, because it's not what I, um, yeah, it's, it's patience. That's yeah. it, patience. Got, and yeah. um, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. That, that, listen, people, that that is the perfect call. That's the type of calls I'm going to call me before you make the decision. Right. I, I'll tell you, like any good doctor, like any good lawyer, I'm a certified financial planner. My best advice, the way that you can leverage it is when you call me up and you ask me a question before you do something. I would love to prevent an issue rather than have to clean up a mess. So, people, give me a call. Three, one, four, nine, six, nine, six, nine, zero, zero. That is three, one, four, nine, six, nine, six, nine, zero zero we just need to take our time building wealth 
is not going to be an overnight thing. The problem with these social media financial experts that you will find on your timeline is that they make everything sound so easy. They make everything sound like, oh man, I, I'm a dummy. I, I, I can't believe that I didn't know that I can do this or do that. I didn't know that there were so many people making millions of dollars, Airbnb properties that they don't even own. I can't believe that there's so many people out here renting uh, Lamborghinis that they don't own yet, that they're paying $3,500 a month notes on, and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, let me explain something to you, people. The reason why you are unaware that these people existed is because it is a lie. These people do not exist. The only people who exist are the fake gurus who are trying to sell you a course for you to then do that, right? It's, it, it ultimately becomes a giant pyramid scheme. Let, let me explain what I'm talking about because many of you are probably, you're just in the entry door of this whole facade. I've, I've been through it onto the other side I, 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 I peeked behind the curtain and I've seen what's going to take you years and hundreds and thousands of dollars to get to. So before you waste your time, your money and your effort, let me explain to you how these things work. You may get a email or you see something online about some free webinar or something about how you can make money doing X. I don't care what X is. X could be trading foreign exchange market and on, on your phone. It could be Airbnb. It could be an Amazon store, drop shipping. It could be whatever it is. Whatever X is, that's what it is. You then get some kind of entry level, most likely free webinar that you would watch. And in the webinar, the guy, whoever it is, the presenter, they're, they're full of energy. They're excited. They, they, they can't wait to help you become a multimillionaire, but you know what? We just don't have enough time in this free webinar to give you all the information you need. We just don't have enough time. But if you would just buy the next course that may cost you $1,500 to $3,000, then you can really get the good information. This free webinar is just to dip your toe to tell you about how you can make so much money, but how you make the money, I can't tell you now, I don't have the time, you gotta buy the course. Okay, you buy the course, $1,500, $3,000, whatever it is, you buy the course. Then after you buy that course, most of the time is spent talking about all the money you can make again. They don't really break down how you're gonna make the money. They talk about all the, what you can do. Are, are, are you behind on payments on your mortgage? This is going to get you caught up. If you're hiding your car from the repo man, don't worry about it. This is how you're going to get caught up. Think about how you can, you can retire your mom. Your mom's been working hard for the post office for years. And what you, you can retire your mama. They'll talk about all of that. Then by the time you get to the end of this course, once again, they say, listen, we've got another course for you. This one's a little bit more expensive. This one's not $1,000 or $3,000. This one's ten dollars to $15,000, $20,000 course. But don't worry, 
This is the guaranteed millionaire maker course. Now, I know you think $10,000, $20,000 is a lot. Some of you are thinking you can't afford this course. Now, here's the hook. This is what they always say. You think you can't afford this course, but in reality, you can't afford not to buy the course. I, I'm telling you, listen to me. You will hear them say this. $10,000 sounds like a whole lot of money, but the millions of dollars that you'll make off this course, you can't afford not to buy it. So then you buy that course. All right. You're, you're almost at the end of the maze. You're almost there. You get through that course. You're looking around and you're looking around and you're, the whole time you're trying to figure, I still don't have the info or the practical skills to make the millions of dollars that I was promised all the way back to the very first free webinar. I still don't have the money. Where, when am I going to get, then at the very end, when you get to the final boss level, when you get to the end of the road, this is what you'll find out. The person will finally tell you the truth. They will let you know, listen, if you really want to make the money that you want to make, it's not in selling X. It's selling the course to other people. That's how you really make your money. This is why you see a lot of mini me fake gurus on your timeline now. People who used to be the student of so-and-so, the, the, the ex-assistant of so-and-so, now all of a sudden, they pop up, they got courses. Well, hold on, slow down. I thought you were a real estate guru. You were taking the course with, with Grant Cardone to be a real estate guru. Now, after you know years of, uh, of studying under him, after years of going to his 10X conference, after years of doing this and doing that, now I look up, you got a course. I thought you would be so busy doing real estate deals that you, would, you wouldn't have time to be teaching courses. The money's not in actually doing what the fake gurus teach. The money is selling the course. So just look around online. Look at the people who are selling courses. Go through the history of their post. I bet money you'll see at one point they were the student. Not only were they the student, they were the student who wanted to do X. They didn't want to be a fake guru. They didn't want to teach courses. They were there to do the thing that the guru said he could teach. But now you turn around and you look and you see they're selling courses. So what was it all for? What are we doing? You got to be patient. There's no free money out there. But let's go. Let's go to the lines. Let's go to the lines here. Hey, caller, how you doing? You are live on the air with Pocket Watching with JT. How can I help you? Well, this is John Jones. This is a guy that was corresponding with you in YouTube. Yes, sir. The uh. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Well, I was, Go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, so we were having a discussion about, I guess, a myriad of things. And I guess what I wanted to impress upon you is that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, I understand the, the tough love message that you, you try to bring to people. But I think that for a good many people, there's a, there's a culture of 
a bad relationship with money and finance. I, mean, I can even tell you in my own family, mm-hmm. my parents don't even have any credit. Mm-hmm. My parents are 18. They don't have a credit card. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't realize it, that, you know, a lot of times with poverty, poverty has a lot to do with the lack of access to credit that's manageable. Okay. Because, you know, so I mean, so it's just simple lessons like that and the fact that um, people don't understand some of the basics behind, like, for instance, you know, you getting a big tax refund is not great. There's actually a free loan that you get to the government. You've been better off putting that money in an IRA versus putting in or, or putting in a 401k mm-hmm. and getting at least up to the match. And I think that some of the, those lessons have to be taught. But unfortunately, when you go to a job, if you haven't had any formal education, you just go to a job and you listen to this specifically what HR tells you, it's going to keep you broke. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it really depends on, on the perspective and how proactive the individual is trying to be. We, we can't shift all the blame on others, right? At some point, and I know people hate this term, but personal accountability plays a part. We all can't play dumb, right? We live in an age well, you do not even have to type in the question in a computer to get the answer. You can press a button that looks like a microphone and just talk your question into the computer. You can say, Siri, how do I do such and such? Alexa, how do I do such and such? And you could get the answers almost instantaneous. So the days where we can blame Others for not giving us information that we don't have are, are pretty much at an end. Well, I think that's not really my point. My point is, okay, if the U.S. education system was producing what you would say is people, they're not really product, but in, in a sense, they are, you know, they're producing exactly what they want. They want mindless drones. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just now that recently several states have now introduced some type of, you know, financial education. So, okay, really me this. Why is it that people are learning trigonometry, but they're not learning what a FICO score is when, before they leave high school? Okay, good, good, good point. Now, here we go. I'm going to push back a little bit and go back to personal responsibility. Now, are no, you... No, 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 I got you. No, no, I got you. But here's no, a, you, listen, you, listen, you, hold you, on, you, no, no, listen, listen, listen. Just listen to what I'm saying, then you come back. Listen. Now, if if we want different subjects taught in the schools, are you aware that you as a taxpayer, you have a a degree of influence on what's being taught? Right. Who is going to be going to these school board meetings? Who are being elected to the school boards? Are you a part of the uh, parent teachers association? You can have influence on your local school district's curriculum if you become an active participant in the system and not just complain about what's not going on. Now, I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying in the general, right? We have influence over what could be taught in the schools if we become active in the process. Are you aware of that? Yes, but it depends on the schools. It depends, it depends on how the school is set up. It depends on, especially at the municipal level, do you have uh, a strong or weak mayor system, you know, where they have executive purview over the schools? 
I actually had a chance to go to public and private school. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like I told you, I grew up in a very poor neighborhood in the South Bronx, right? Right. There's between me and everyone else is I actually, like I said, had a chance to go to private school. I saw how the other half lived. Right. right. And, you know, going and I actually worked in the mortgage industry. So I understand credit and finance and stuff like that. Right. And they make some of the stuff so difficult and they give such bad, like, let me give you an example. Like some of the stuff that if you, okay. So if you tell someone to get educated, right. Right. So where, where would someone go for financial education? Most likely if you were to try to give them something like, because most people like visual media, where do you think the person would go? Well, I mean, it depends. I, I I don't know where that person would go, but I know where they it, could go. Here, here's the thing, though. Here, I, I, I got you. You can go online. You you can go online. Like I said before, okay, you can okay. you can go online. Are you aware? Let's talk, let's talk TV. Let's talk TV. Where would someone go? What's the the major hub for financial news information? I, you're talking about like what, like the big news channel, like CNBC and stuff like that. Exactly. Is that what right. you're saying? So yeah, you hold on, time, but, but think about it. Think about it. Most people don't even go watch TV like that anymore, man. Let's let's be real. They they go on they go they go yeah, to on demand. No, no, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to make it realistic. And even if you were to go, CNBC isn't where you go to get basic financial education. CNBC is a a news corporation, right? It's a news channel about the trending topics in financial news. That's not where you get basic financial. Education. I got to wrap it up because I got another call. But the point that you're making, I got it. I understand. Someone needs to help educate on the basic level. But the thing I'm saying is that actually already exists. OK, it, it, it already exists. There is programs out there, some low cost to no cost. The question always points back to the man or the woman in the mirror. What are they doing to better themselves rather than play a contestant in the victim Olympics? That, that's a shout out to Anton Daniels on that one. He says that one a lot. But it, it, you have to, like, like you did, you were able to use the system to propel yourself to a better position, correct? Yes. For okay. Now, hours. now I believe you're special, but I don't believe you're so special that no one else could do it. There were there were certain things that you know. I guess the time when I was born and my situation, it kind of went through self correct. I was I was fortunate enough to be able to get into a scholarship program where I was able to go to a, a school that normally costs fifty thousand dollars a year to get into. So, mm -hmm. right. Now, now, see, what ultimately happens is people like you and I, right, who we consider ourselves to have some level of privilege. We had opportunities that other people either did not have or they did not take advantage of the same opportunities. OK, great. Well, then what we do, what's responsible upon us is to go back into the community and show show them, shed light on the opportunities that maybe they missed. Or if no opportunities exist to create avenues for those opportunities. But I still believe and I'm a strong proponent when it comes to people need tough talk. They need to be shook out of the 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 just the coma of activity that they're currently in. They're sleep. And no amount of sweet talk, 
whisper in your ear, it's going to be okay. The boogeyman did it to you. Don't worry about it. None of that type of talk is going to help them. Why? Because they've been hearing that talk for the last 30, 40 years. We have been massaging and rubbing the back of people who could improve their own lives, but instead of constructive criticism, they've been told someone else did this to you. And we, we have to stop. We have to get to the point where we point at the person in the mirror and say, you are the cause of all of these problems. But the other side of the coin is, if the man in the mirror is the cause of my problems, that means the man in the mirror also has the power to change the issue. That's the problem with patting people on the back. That's the problem of telling them it's someone else's problem. That's the problem when you tell people they're a victim. If someone else did it to me, if someone else put me in this ditch, I need to find someone else to get me out the ditch. But if you tell them, listen, brother, you jumped in that ditch. Not only did you jump in the ditch, you got the shovel, dug the ditch, and jumped in. After you explain that to them and they look around, well, it's like, yeah, I am the one who spent the money the way I spend my money. I am the person who started to bring into my life certain financial responsibilities that I was not prepared for. Okay, yeah, I did this to myself. Well, if I had the power to dig the ditch, I also got the power to climb out. And that's the, the message behind what I'm saying. First, take personal responsibility that you are the person who drove the vehicle that got you to where you are. Okay, now it's time to put gas back in that car, turn it around, and go to where you want to go. But I respect what you're saying, I understand, but I'm telling you, there are limitless financial online outlets that pat people on the back. There's only one pocket watching with JT. There's, there's no one else in the financial realm of social media, YouTube, on the radio, who is talking to an urban audience the way that I'm talking to them. Nobody else is telling them, you have the power to get out of your financial issues, but you are the reason why you're there. No one else is doing that. You can Google and find all these other places who will say the boogeyman did it to you. We need to protest here and protest there and ask for handouts. There's limitless opportunities where you can go to find some talking head that will tell you that. There's only one me doing this. Can I interject something? Uh, real quick, we got, we got to wrap it up, but go ahead. So the point I was getting at was, you know, if someone were to look at CNBC and they watch you know, Jim Cramer screaming at the TV telling you to buy something. Oh, it's ridiculous. And this guy's worth $100 million. It's ridiculous. Right? And you go and you buy it and the stock goes down by 80%. It's, it's, That's kind of what I think. So if someone can be as bright as they want, it's like if Einstein, right, is unfamiliar with a building and you tell him the wrong exit, he's going to get lost. It's kind of the same thing. No, That's what I, was but no the, I got you. The, the solution I was going to give was there's two books that are life-changing that helps people to understand how the markets work. There's one by a guy named Stan Weinstein for How to Profit in Bull and Bear Market. Mm -hmm. He's one of the people that actually predicted. Right, I got, I got two, I got two minutes. What's, uh, what's the other one? And it, 
and the other one is How to Make Money in Stocks by William O'Neill. Okay, now listen, uh, people. Thank you for calling. Listen, I am not a big believer buying single stocks. I'm not a big believer. I am a passive investor advocate. I'm the type of person that's going to tell you, listen, just buy an index fund, buy a ETF. Do not go out here and try to become the expert in picking stocks. Just passively grow your money in an index fund. Thank you for listening to Pocket Watching with JT Money Mondays on KSTL Jubilee 690 AM. If you want more info, contact me. Go to pocketwatcher.net. You can give my office a call 314-776-9076. That's 314-776-9076. Thank you.